What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to Real Reality Realness with Cherie Laveau, the podcast where I, Cherie Laveau, dive deeper into reality television than most people watching feel is necessary and ask all the questions about what they don't want out. Today, we're going to be diving into the real reality of the season two premiere of The Kardashians on Hulu. We're going to be discussing how Chloe putting the pieces together of Tristan's latest infidelity was some of the most maniacal, malicious, and evil shit I've ever seen displayed on reality television from a man to a woman. We're going to discuss how I actually love Kim Blonde this time around. And we're also going to ask the question, how much karma does a person deserve? Lock in while I clock in. Because we're about to get into it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome and welcome back to the show. This is Real Reality Realness. I am Cherie Laveau. And we are here to talk about the season two premiere of of, I almost said, keeping up with the Kardashians, of the Kardashians on Hulu. And listen, before I get into the episode, I have a couple of things that I want to say. One, I opened up the Hulu app and decided to go ahead and watch the season premiere because I'm honestly more excited to watch the Kardashians than anything right now. And I'll get into that later in the episode. But... I go to click on the first episode of the new season and I see that the D'Amelios have a reality show? I did not know this. Listen, I don't know shit about the D'Amelios outside of TikTok, so I don't know what qualifies them to have a reality show in the first place. I didn't realize people were getting this famous off of TikTok now. So, I mean, good for her and good for them or good for both of them. I, I don't even know how many D'Amelios there are, but good for them. I, I just had no idea that they had a reality show. You know how there are just certain people that you know their name, you're familiar with them because you hear about them all the time in pop culture and just, you know, through the circles of the circles, but you don't really like know anything about them. And then you see them somewhere else and you're like, oh, wow. That's what that's pretty much what it was for me. Like me seeing Charlie D'Amelio or Dixie D'Amelio or whoever D'Amelio getting into um, TikTok drama with people and all of that type of stuff. And the next thing I know, they have a reality show. Good for them. Um, But I say all of that to say, I think that the Kardashians is officially going to replace Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as my Wednesday programming. Um. I know that I did that one episode on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills catching up on the season where I was so far and the fact that I had stopped watching and all of that stuff. And I don't know if I'm going to watch again until something happens with this cast. Because as much as I love Garcelle and I love seeing Garcelle on television, I'm tired of seeing her in this toxic-ass environment where she doesn't deserve to be at. Like, I just feel like... Garcelle is a great enough housewife where she deserves to have a better cast around her. No shade. And I'm just tired of the manipulative, fake bullshit that... Sorry. I'm just tired of the fake-ass bullshit that this show is giving. And I'm tired of just the extra problematic mess. Like, I just want to enjoy the show. Like, I didn't come here to 
watch people be problematic. I, I, I didn't watch, like, like I, 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 I didn't come to Beverly Hills to watch people get bullied. Like, it's just too much. It's just too much, and it doesn't make any sense why it's happening in real life. It just seems like these plotted attacks against people that have no real context, and it's just for the show, but nobody's going to say that. So it just becomes these big situations that have no real foundation, and I'm annoyed with it. I'm just annoyed with it. But I think I'm going to be replacing... R-H-O-B-H with the Kardashians for right now. And that's going to be the show that I'm going to be recapping. That's going to be the show that I'm going to be watching. Um, If I see something pressing enough to cover Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or if I see something pressing enough to watch the show, then we'll get an episode about it. But right now, don't expect me to talk too much about Real Real Housewives of Beverly Hills until I hear about a cast change. Because... The cast and the iteration that it is right now, I don't want to see these women on television together. Do you know what I mean? And like I said before, I want the cast to revolve around Sutton, Garcelle, and Crystal, to be perfectly honest. Everybody else can go for me. Every single other person on that cast can go. But enough about them. This is not about them. We're here to talk about the Kardashians. And we open up not too far, I believe, from where we left off. Now, mind you, we open up far enough to have Kim in a completely new hair aesthetic. She's in this new Pete Davidson blonde with the with, with the dark roots and everything like that. Love that for her. Um, what took me out from the very beginning of the episode was Chloe revealing that the surrogate was pregnant, and then seeing these flashbacks to the finale of the first season and finding out. That while they were filming that scene, Chloe told Kim that they did the egg trans or the embryo transfer for the surrogate like a couple days before all of this happened. That shit was fucking heartbreaking. Like, I just, I don't understand how somebody could put somebody through that, how somebody could just, that's torture. That's literal fucking torture like I don't understand how somebody could do somebody like that and mind you people have been saying that this is Chloe's karma she deserves this they have a history of dating other people's men da 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 okay fine I get that people have to get their comeuppance but how much karma does a person actually deserve do you get what I mean like how much karma does a person deserve I don't know every bit of you know, evil, you know, pieces of Chloe's past or like how many skeletons she has in her closet. But it seems like, you know, people say that karma comes back to bite and these women have a history of dating men who were already in relationships with other men, with with other men. But damn, like how much is she supposed to take? She already went through everything she went through with Lamar Odom. She went through the shit that she went through with Tristan the first time and finding out 48 hours before she gave birth early mind you prematurely that Tristan was cheating on her and it stressed her out so much that she went into labor weeks early like how much does Chloe deserve like when does it go from being karma to just being some shit that she just doesn't deserve like at the end of the day I don't feel like she 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 deserves all of this and this shit is insane like the fact that you sat here and press this woman. Listen, we'll get into it. 
let's skip to Chris making a joke that nobody would notice that Chloe's new baby would be in the picture was so funny to me because she already has like 11 grandchildren outside of the new baby. Now she has 12 grandchildren, right? And so for there to be so many kids, at one point there was 10 kids in one house, all of the um, Kardashian kids, the Jenner kids, Bruce's kids, pre-Caitlyn, of course, but you know what I mean. Caitlyn Jenner's original kids. Um, all of that, like, I remember seeing in their Eat True Hollywood story that big family photo with all 10 kids and then um, Chris and Caitlyn, then Bruce. And it was just so many people. And then to hear about all of these grandkids, there's 12 fucking grandkids. I can't even remember how many like all, like all the kids have grandkids at this point. Like all the kids have kids at this point, except Kendall. But it's amazing to see how she has so many grandkids, and and I love that for her. But the joke about nobody noticing that Chloe had another baby was funny as shit to me, especially because there's so many mixed kids in the family. Depending on how many you have together at one time, they may not know that there's another one. To be perfectly honest, but. I will say that it's sad to see Chloe seem so shell-shocked around this whole situation. It's like she's in a trance. It's like she's, like, in shock. Like, it feels like she can't really react to the situation. Like, I understand, but it's also extremely heartbreaking to see somebody physically present that. Because I know what that feels like. I know what it, not necessarily to find out that, you know, my dude is having a baby with somebody else and we just got pregnant. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about to be so devastated and so hurt and so just tired and just overwhelmed by a situation. But you have to kind of present yourself in a way that doesn't show all of those things because you have this going on or that going on or you have kids or you have you know whatever I know what that's like to walk around and be a shell of yourself because you want to maintain some sort of normalcy or some sort of real life outside of just your trauma especially when you have children I know exactly what that feels like do you get what I mean so it's extremely sad to see But I do love Kylie's perspective about the baby being meant to be here regardless of the situation that the baby was born in. And the reason why I related to that situation so much was because of how I was born and how I was conceived myself. You know, my mother cheated on her first husband with my father and that's how I was conceived. And, you know, that's something that I carry around with me a lot. Do you get what I mean? Because of the fact that I have a brother out there in the world that I've never met. And I hold subconscious guilt because I feel like I'm the reason that his family broke up. Do you get what I mean? Like, I know that it was my mother's actions. And, you know, her getting pregnant with me has nothing to do with me or the situation that I was conceived into. But I feel like because I was born, there's physical evidence in the world that is proof that my mother that my mother's first marriage and her family was broken up and that my brother's families were broken up and it just sucks do you get what i mean and i just i love the family that this that 
that this baby is being born into. Like, regardless of anything that we've heard about the Kardashians, regardless of of all the shit that they've done in the past or whatever, blah, blah, blah. They're a real fucking family. And I just really appreciate what Kylie said about that because it just makes, it just, it's beautiful to see that regardless of a situation that can happen, a family can still embrace every member of the family, regardless of how the baby came into the, how the baby came into the situation or, or, you know, whatever would have you, because I feel like there are people out there who treat certain children and their family different based on the parents that they have or how the baby was conceived or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I just love that no matter what, that child is going to be loved just because they're here and just because they're a part of this family and no matter what, like that means a lot to me. Do you know what I mean? Because the fact that I've reached out to my brother that I've never met and I've never gotten a response, I feel like it's because of that reason. Like I feel like my brother has seen my messages or seen me reach out and just doesn't reach back because nobody wants to be reminded of what was probably something really traumatic in his life. And I understand that. Like, I've been through a lot of traumas in my life and I don't want to be responsible for triggering you. I just want to know the only family member in my entire family that people in my family consistently tell me that I'm like. Do you get what I mean? It's crazy because the brother that I've never met is the one that everybody says that I'm the most similar to. You know what I mean? Down to like the way we dress and the shit that we listen to as far as music and our interests. And, you know, my oldest brother told me that I'm just like my oldest brother told me that I'm just like my older brother and I've never met him. And I've only seen his pictures and seen him on Facebook. And it's it's so sad. It's so sad because I want to know that part of my family I feel like maybe because we're supposed to be the most alike then maybe that'll be the part of my family that I actually have a relationship with but I just that made that made what Kylie said really stick out to me and it really made that was a really prudent point that she made because I don't see that a lot within the African-American the African-American community I see a lot of times where children get treated differently based on who their father is or or what their parents did or who they are or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I don't see unconditional love very often. And it's really beautiful to see her say that because I'm glad that Kylie automatically understood that Chloe's not upset about the baby. She's upset about the surrounding circumstances because we got straight to the support which I appreciated. You know, Chloe didn't take, um, Kylie didn't take time to, to try to understand what she was actually going through. She already knew that the situation was about Tristan and it wasn't about the baby and that she's excited to have the baby and this, that, and the third. It's just everything going on surrounding it is a mind fuck. It's a complete mind fuck. And, you know, I genuinely appreciated the dynamics that the people reach out in her family and support her because you know it's crazy that it's easier for me to watch the Kardashians right now because I enjoy and I need to see real family and genuine support because I've never really had that in my own life 
Do you get what I mean? Like, even in the worst of times, Chloe knows that she has her family. Like, even in the worst of times like this, where she's been embarrassed twice by her baby daddy, she's gone through shit with, with her relationships, you know, she's been through so many things. And at the end of the day, she's always been able to have the security of knowing that she's going to be okay because she has her family. I would love to know what that feels like. I would love to know what that feels like. And I'm not going to say that I envy that. I'm going to say that I appreciate that. And I love that for her. And it's beautiful to see. And I live vicariously through the Kardashians because, you know, everybody has faults. No one's perfect. People make mistakes. People do shit unconsciously. People people do shit consciously. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, what you can't strip away from the Kardashians is the family dynamic that they have and that everybody would want to have a family like that. Everybody would want to have the, the support of a family like that. It's comforting. It's comforting and it's hard for me personally because it gives me hope that I'll be able to build that kind of family around me one day. You know, I'm somebody who's of a queer experience. I'm I'm a trans woman. I'm gender neutral. I, you know, I come from from a queer experience. So I know all about chosen family. So I feel like even though I don't have my blood related family that grew up with me and saw me in the times before I knew myself, even though I don't have that relationship, the fact that I could possibly build a family around me one day and emphasize that amount of love really means a lot to me and it really gives me hope but it's also like a really shocking and like pressing reminder that I don't actually have family I can turn to that 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 I don't have an actual family I can turn to or like people in my actual life like I can't call my mom and just talk to her about what's going on or just say hello or just you know, do whatever. I can't talk to my dad or my stepdad or my grandmother or my sisters or anybody. Like, I don't feel safe with anybody in my family. So it's hard to get past all the things that I've been through with my family and and because of my family and go into trying to make that happen with them. I just feel like there's so much water under the bridge. It's like a fragile dam at this point. Do you get what I mean? It's hard. It's really hard for me, which is why I understand Scott's perspective on Courtney's family cutting him out. I completely understood that. I completely understood where Scott was coming from in season one of the Kardashians, even though he's had seven years to figure this out. I do understand where he's coming from when somebody tells you that you're their blood son and they just lost both of their parents and they don't have any other family. And, you know, when somebody embraces you as their family and family is important to you, that dynamic suddenly changing because somebody new comes into the picture. It's like that person comes in and just erases you. It makes you think like, the reason why I understood the reason why I understood where Scott was coming from so easily was because I understand what a child thinks when their parents get divorced or their parents break up and then all of a sudden a step-parent comes into the situation. Travis felt like a step-parent in season one because it was like, oh, all of a sudden now Scott doesn't matter to, to, to the family as much even though they have had 
10, 15 years with him being a part of their family and seven years of him being a part of their family after their breakup. And now all of a sudden she's in a new relationship and she's had relationships before Travis came into the picture and it didn't compromise his place within their lives. And now all of a sudden Courtney's in a serious relationship and now Scott doesn't matter as much. It's fucked up. Do you get what I'm saying? So I know how that feels to feel like your family abandons you. Like, I know what it feels like to have those abandonment issues and to feel like you don't have your family to turn to. So the people who you do have, you want to always be there for you. Do you get what I mean? But that's something that's difficult to wrap your head around and because of the different perspectives and the different layers that go into that. But... I hope that we can see some sort of resolve between Scott and the family this season because I don't want Scott to just be cut out of the show and cut out of their lives and just excommunicated from the family because Travis is in the picture. I, I, I feel like at the end of the day, Travis and Shayna have to get along. Courtney and Scott have to get along. And if they're going to sit here and blend Travis's kids with Courtney's kids, then I feel like Scott needs to be a part of that. You, Like, I I, I, I feel like Scott deserves to have his place in the family because at the end of the day, regardless of if him and Courtney were together or not, excuse me, they've been broken up for seven years and Scott hasn't gone anywhere. In fact, Scott has gotten closer to the family since the breakup. So now for all of that to change just because she got married, like, that's not okay. That's not okay. I get that the awkward... I, I get that the dynamic can be awkward, but that's a conversation that that Courtney should have been had with Scott and Scott should have been had with Travis and they should have been able to figure that out because at the end of the day, the Kardashians and the Jenners are his family. They are his family. And at the end of the day, I'm sure that Travis has other family. So it's like you're stealing Courtney's family from him. And I could see it partially if they didn't have kids together. But at the end of the day, kids don't change that emotional connection that that you have to, to somebody's family. Do you get what I mean? I feel like that connection that they had came either very early in the kid's life or or before the kids. Like they had so many years before they had kids. Like there's just too much history for you to cut him out like that. But I will say that seeing the family meeting... Seeing the family meeting to me is impressive and it's another example of why I love this family so much because it could look like they're just doing things for camera time and making scenes, but this is how family actually works in real life, or at least it's how it should work. And I'm happy to see real shit happening on TV. Like when some shit is going on with your family member, especially with your immediate family, with your sister and you have a big family like that, you do family meetings. I don't necessarily know how all of this works because I've never had a real family, but I've seen this shit happen before. Family meetings are real. This shit happens. People get together and figure out how we're going to help the other person in the family. Do you get what I mean? Who cares if it's on reality TV? That, that, That doesn't make that moment any less real to me. Do I feel like they faked moments on TV? Yes, but... This was something that I felt like was dead ass serious. And I would rather watch this than Housewives any day right now. 
because this is real support. This is real family. And this is all I need right now. Like, this is all I really need. And I'm vicariously living through this family, honestly, because say whatever you want about them. Their family is the real deal. Their family is the real deal. And at the end of the day, regardless of if they fight with each other, they argue with each other, they get into it, they don't get into it, whatever, whatever. They come back and they figure it out and they figure out how to continue on as a real family and they figure out how to move on and really truly be there for each other. And there's real support and there's real love there. Do you get what I'm saying? These women in these alleged friend groups on Housewives are unpaid actors, most of which have no training. So the shit that they get into on these reality shows feels so stupid because they're making such big deals about shit with people they don't even really know like that. Do you get what I mean? Speaking of real friends, I love seeing Malika come into the show. And Khadijah too, because they're both her best friends, but we see Malika so much more. And I love seeing Malika and it's just so fun seeing them. Now, mind you, I don't know why True was acting like she was scared of Malika, like like she ain't know her. Because I was like, girl, that's your whole God mom. Like, like, that's your auntie. Like, you know Malika. But random fact uh, uh, about this scene, Chloe's layers in this scene were incredible. Like, I know that this, that, that this has nothing to do with the actual show. But I was looking at her hair in the scene where, where Malika came to visit. And her layers in that scene were so pretty and so gorgeous. I just love her hair in that scene. But it did make me wonder how far, not her layers, but just I was thinking while I was watching this episode, how far they started filming this season or how far this season is picking up after that finale and after all the things that happened um, in the season finale. Because the show is airing three months after the finale, but I wonder if they just kept filming, if they took a break, like, what is the actual tea? Because I'm trying to figure that out. Like, I wonder what what the timeline is. Do you get what I mean? Um, I completely know what Kylie means. I mean, not Kylie, but Chloe means when she says she doesn't want to deal with the embarrassment while she's supposed to be enjoying preparing for a baby. Like, she's already gone through this once with True and giving birth to her with Tristan and 48 hours before finding out that her dude is cheating on her and he's this asshole and all of this type of stuff. Like, she's already been through that and she doesn't want to go through it again, especially while she's trying to prepare for the baby and and the... that and the third and i feel like even if she wasn't pregnant even if she wasn't having a baby via surrogate nobody would want to deal with that any fucking way finding out that their dude cheated on them and this that and the third and is having a baby with somebody else like hearing chloe put the pieces together of tristan's lies and the timeline of all of this was so psychotic and so sickening to me it was insane because it was like you were literally going back and forth to figure out this situation with this random chick you slept with in texas and trying to figure out that baby but then you were pressing chloe to have a baby by a certain time do the embryo transfer by a certain time you were trying to figure out how to get away with this 
And you knew the entire time that, that this other baby was coming. You knew this entire time that all this other shit was going on. And you would come home and smile in this woman's face and smile in this woman's family's face knowing you were doing all of this. That is some of the most insidious mind fuckery that I've ever seen in my life. That is just malicious. That is evil. How, like, I, I don't think Chloe deserves that. I genuinely don't think that she deserves that. But I appreciate that she has Malika there by her side because seeing her friendship over the years, it truly means the world to me specifically because this was supposed to be me and Alex. In my mind, Chloe and Malika were supposed to be me and Alex. <laughs> I'm saying, and it's like just seeing seeing them now versus back when Chloe first got her DUI back in the day or when she was being called the fat sister or like all of that shit and seeing Malika always hold her down, always be her friend, always ride for her to Chloe showing up and filming a scene for um, Hollywood Divas and all of that stuff coming to to the reunion taping like just seeing their true friendship it means a lot to me because you see them back in the day when the shows first started and now they have kids and you know it's just so fun seeing a real friendship like that blossom and grow and and just be real over all these years I feel like Seeing them makes me remember all of the good times that I've had with Alex and all the shit that I'm missing and what I feel like I'll never get again. You know what I'm saying? Seeing their connection makes me just... It makes me think about the good times and it almost, and it also makes me sad because he's not here. And all I have are those good times. I can't call him or text him now and be like... I was watching Khloe Kardashian and Malika Huck on TV and it made me think about us and what we're going to be doing down the road when we have more kids and the second and the third. And it's just beautiful to see. Like, it's hard because I'm trying to not be triggered by seeing these things that I don't have on the Kardashians. You know, like I keep saying that, you know, it's beautiful to see these things because I don't have them. And a part of me is triggered and it hurts because it reminds me of how much I want that. But then at the same time, it's beautiful to see and it makes me happy and it makes me think that like it does exist out there. It may not be my life or my trajectory, but it is beautiful to see that for people and to see that happen. You know what I mean? Um, I just feel like I'll never have that again. I feel like I'll never have another Alex. I feel like I'll never have a relationship like Chloe and Malika have. And it just it just makes me sad. That's all. Um, let's take a quick break and then I'm going to come back and cover the rest of the episode. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. right everybody we are back and listen if anybody can lighten the mood after having a having a triggering crying fit it's Kris Jenner being rich enough to forget you have a fucking condo listen that's a level of wealth that I live to see on television but I would never aspire to I just don't 
listen, I'm not one of those people who wants to be super wealthy and be a billionaire and, you know, have all the money in the world. I just want to be comfortable. Like, 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 like I'm not the girl that wants to live in a mansion. I'm not the girl that wants to, you know, drive a Bentley and do all of those things. I don't want or need any of those things to feel happy or feel successful or feel like I'm doing something with my life or that, you know, my career is going well. I just want to be comfortable. Do you get what I mean? So the fact that Kris Jenner is rich enough to just forget she has a condo somewhere is just completely like, girl, how much do you really need? Like, how much wealth do you really, really need in this world? I really need to know. Like, the fact that she has a refrigerator that basically has only champagne and old food in it. I don't understand. Like... That is just some rich bitch shit. The fact that you just have a whole condo that you just use as nothing but a champagne cellar, an extra closet, and where you tried to put some food in there because you thought that you was going to be there more often, but your ass ain't been there in years, so all the food is like spoiled, rotten, and molded. When is the last time she's even been to this condo with all this old ass food? You got old beans and cookies and just random shit. Like... Mind you, I'm not reading them. I'm not coming down on them. I'm not talking bad on them. If that's how you want to spend your money, spend your money. Your ass went out there and earned it. So you deserve to spend it however you see fit. I just don't understand it. That's all. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be living like this or that they shouldn't be doing whatever it is they're doing with their money. Listen, if it works for you, works for you. Different strokes for different strokes. Different strokes for different folks. And and, and everybody wants different things out of life. But I just don't understand this. So I'm trying to figure out how the wealthy side lives because I'm not like I want to be comfortable. I don't want to be rich or wealthy or you know, whatever. Maybe rich, not wealthy. Because, you know, more money, more problems. And I just feel like I just want to be comfortable and satisfied in my life. Just like I don't want to be famous. Same thing. Like, people say that I'm a contradiction because I, excuse me, do a lot of things within the entertainment realm. And people usually do those things trying to get famous. Like this podcast. Like doing a YouTube channel. Like, you know being a rapper and doing music and having a mixtape out and and like all of those things people think that i'm trying to be famous because i'm doing a lot of things in the music industry but or 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 in, in the entertainment industry and i just love the arts i just love the arts i i i love being a dancer i love being creative i love writing i love rapping i love you know talking about pop culture and expressing my opinions part of the reason why I have a podcast and I have a YouTube channel is because my voice was never valued or appreciated growing up. So now that I can just build a platform and just whoever wants to hear me talk can come and hear me talk. That's lovely for me. You know what I'm saying? But that is nowhere near connected to fame for me. It's not about being famous. It's about being heard. It's about being creatively expressive. It's about being artistic. It's about you know, everything but money. You know what I'm saying? Do I want to make money off of my art? Do I want to make a living doing what I love? Absolutely. But 
to me, it's not about being the richest or being the most wealthy or having the most money or, you know, this and the third or being the number one person in the room. I don't have to be the number one person in the room. I just want to be in the room. Do you get what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't have to be the richest person in the room. I don't got to be the most successful, the most famous, the one with the most followers. Like, I don't have to do any of that. I just want to be in the room and be successful enough to be in the room. Do you get what I mean? As long as I'm able to make a living and be comfortable off of the things that I love to do and being creative and being artistic and showing my daughter that you don't have to go through a traditional societal way of making money and living to fulfill your passions, then I'm fine with that. Do you get what I mean? Now, random thing I want to know is do they really walk around this dressed every day because I literally never see Kris Jenner outside of a suit right and it just seems like every time I see people on this show they are always wearing things that look really expensive they just look like they're wearing expensive shit they could be wearing a sweatsuit and it's like Versace like in one like in one part of the um the episode Kim was wearing a t-shirt just a regular t-shirt and it was Balenciaga like just like they just look rich all the time and it's so interesting now mind you do I appreciate the fact that Kris Jenner walks around in suits all the time yes because I live for the 40s and 50s where this was the standard but it also makes me think about how casual wear has been so has been so over normalized and it makes me feel lazy as a person you know what I mean like it also makes me feel like I'm just not doing enough not necessarily with my career but with my fashion game now mind you I'm also a recluse and I don't go any goddamn where to get dressed to be any fucking way so it really doesn't matter because it's like I don't go anywhere like I don't leave my house I only do YouTube videos once a week and I'm sitting in my car. It's not like I'm out on location or I'm doing anything crazy. So what do I need to have all these fancy fashions for? But I do know that I always feel good when I do get dressed up. Dressing up does make you feel good. And it's a part of the aesthetic and it's a part of just feeling good about yourself. So I get that part of it. Um, But I just think it's so funny that they just wear these really expensive clothes on a regular basis just to go anywhere like they're not even going anywhere special to be this dressed up it's so interesting to me because it makes me think like are they overdressed or is the world just underdressed i really wonder because this used to be the standard. Like, people used to wear suits everywhere. People used to dress up to go everywhere. People used to not leave the house without heels on. Like, people used to never leave the house without makeup on. You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm saying that people should be walking around in bonnets and pajamas and slippers. But it's just interesting to me to see how it started with jeans, right? And jeans were, like, casual wear. And they started out as, like, loungewear, things that you wear at home when you're not wearing suits and things like that. And then it became regular everyday wear. And then that kind of trickled on down to like sweats and athleisure wear and things like that. And da 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 da. People wearing sweats everywhere and not necessarily wearing jeans, but wearing sweatpants and joggers and these type of things and leggings. And now 
casual wear is so over normalized that people are wearing shit you're not supposed to wear out the house, out the house. Like jeans and a t-shirt is one thing, but like pajamas and bonnets and slippers are not supposed to be in Walmart. But I'm not Monique. I ain't going to tell y'all what to wear in public. I just thought it was interesting to see people so dressed up all the time and going nowhere. Like, Chloe is in a full fucking fit to go next door to her mother's house. I love that. I love that. Like, is this just because they're on camera and they don't dress like this all the time? Or is this just really how they dress every day in real life? I wonder. But... Chloe asked Chris why she just bust out crying. Like, it, like it, it, it's funny. It's funny because Chloe is one of those people who hates an awkward moment. Like, she hates for shit to be so focused on her, especially when the shit is negative. So she just will make a really funny-ass joke to just take away from the situation, especially when somebody's crying, apparently. Because, child, it's just... We'll, we'll get to it. Anyway... I know exactly why Chris is crying. Or at least I have theories and I have feelings about why Chris is crying and why I understand why Chris is crying. Because she's hurt as a mom. She's hurt as a grandmom. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, she's hurt as a mom that somebody would do this to somebody who's having a baby and doing all of this. She's hurt as a grandmother because, you know, those are her grandchildren that she's dealing with and she would hate for... She hates that her grandchildren's father has to be like this. Maybe not necessarily hurt as a woman because she's had multiple affairs in her day. So it's not like she's unfamiliar with cheating or putting her family in jeopardy. Do you know what I'm saying? But it also makes me wonder, is she wondering, is the actions that she's committed back in the day is her karma trickling down to Chloe. This goes back to that karma conversation that I was saying about how much karma does somebody have? Because I have heard that when you do wrong, your karma can come through your children, right? So maybe Chris is wondering, is the the infidelities that she committed in her life trickling down to Chloe because of her being born from an affair allegedly allegedly Chloe was the product of uh, of Chris having an affair on Robert Kardashian now mind you this is going back to my own triggered past here about somebody being born while somebody was married in the second and the third this may be me this may be me projecting but Chris did admit that she had an affair around the time that Chloe was conceived, but never confirmed if it was Robert Kardashian's child or not. Like, I don't know if her and Robert ever, ever did a DNA test. I, I don't know if they ever, you know, I, I don't know if Robert ever questioned the paternity of the baby or not, but it makes me think about back on Keeping Up when Chloe did a DNA test on keeping up with the Kardashians and it made me think about this then. I thought about this then. I was like, why the hell are you doing a DNA test with Kris Jenner? Like, at the end of the day, there's nothing that y'all, like, she carried you. She gave birth to you. That's your mom. Who we really need to be testing is OJ Simpson and Robert Kardashian. But since we can't get either one of them on the line, I feel like they just, that's one of those things where it's like they're doing things for TV and they're just making shit up 
for a TV and just doing things just to fill an episode out. Do you get what I mean? But she could be crying from guilt on her own part. Do you know what I'm thinking? Do you know what I'm saying? And when Chloe asked her, why are you crying? What's happening? I think when Chris took that long pause, I think that she was pondering that. I, 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 I think that she might have been pondering, like, is this a product of my own selfishness? Is me cheating on Robert Kardashian, getting pregnant by somebody else, having Chloe? Is that all trickling down to Chloe now because of the shit that I did? Listen, it's not hard to assume that Chloe is a product of, of an affair because she's the only one that's super tall. She's the only one that, that's a natural blonde. She doesn't look Armenian like Courtney and Chloe. She looks American. She looks she Chloe looks more like Kylie and Kendall than she does Kim and Chloe or Kim and Courtney. And I think the reason why that is is because Kendall and Kylie have two American parents. They have two American USA-born parents, whereas Robert Kardashian is Armenian. So there's an, an there's an, an there's an exotic Asian look that comes with that that Courtney and Kim both have. Chloe does not look like her sisters in that way. Do you get what I mean? Even when she had the dark hair and she was dyeing her hair brown, she wasn't dyeing it black like them. Like, like they just had, like, she just had dark brown hair, whereas their hair looked completely black. Do you get what I mean? She looks more like Kendall and Kylie than she does Courtney and Kim. And I think that's because she has two American parents. And I want to know who the person is that Chris was cheating on around the time that, that Chloe was conceived because... I don't think it's OJ. I don't think that her father is, o is o OJ Simpson because she doesn't look mixed. She doesn't look biracial. Do you get what I mean? She just looks like she's not Armenian. Or she doesn't look biracial at all. She looks like she's white. Do you get what I mean? And when I say she doesn't look biracial, she doesn't look like she's half Armenian. And she also doesn't look half black either. So I think that Chloe is a full-blown white woman. Courtney and Kim are Armenian. Kendall and Kylie are white. That simple. Now, mind you, this, this is all my opinion and this is all alleged. But based on the facts that we've been given by the Kardashians and by Kris Jenner over the years, you're only putting pieces together at this point like you're only putting together the the puzzle with the pieces that they gave you so let that be what it is but i do think that that blessing in disguise comment that chris made was very true though because this baby is a blessing in disguise all babies are blessings and it's and it's in the disguise of you got the baby from a cheating ass boyfriend who doesn't know how to treat you right who is you know done everything that he can to make sure that y'all don't have a connected and well-balanced family however this baby is a blessing and the disguise is the circumstances that it was born into but you know that was just such a true statement for me and chris was really dropping gems because when cc came over and she was like you know, telling her that, that she's having a baby and like all of that stuff. And Chris was talking about how she's not really excited about it because, you know, 
when she went through this the um, first time and found out that Tristan was cheating right before she went into labor and that's what made her go into labor. And then now she said something about having... She said something about having the joy of having her baby. The joy of her having a baby was sucked out twice. That shit hit me so hard because... I just think that it's so crazy that both times she's decided to have a baby with this person, it's been under the most stressful and irritable circumstances. It's been under the most torturous circumstances that she's having this baby. It's so fucking sad. Do you get what I mean? But then the fact that, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand why. Chris basically forced Chloe into having a baby shower because she wants to get her excited about having the baby so she doesn't wallow in the circumstances that are surrounding the baby coming. But it was a little pushy. Now, I thought it was funny when um, Chloe was like, girl, don't spend no money. Don't have me balloons. Don't do all that type of shit. And then Chris was like, you know, um, don't tell me how to throw a baby shower because Chloe was like, she wants to have something simple at her ha- or um Chris was like we'll do something simple at my house or whatever blah blah blah. I looked at that screen so motherfucking funny when she said that because I was like nothing at Chris's house will ever be simple. Y'all saw Chris's house on last season. She has that opulent ass motherfucking palatial estate manor oh dynasty home. Like she has a Carrington Devereux estate. Period. Now, one thing I did disagree with Chloe on was when she said that Tristan was a good dad. Listen, he may be good at interacting with his children, but how much of a great dad can you actually be if you put your child's life at risk by cheating on on her mom while she's pregnant? How much of a great dad is that? And then you hide an entirely separate pregnancy while you're creating a new baby? I don't think that this is good parenting. Mind you, this is partially triggering for me because you're hiding a new baby while you're having a whole family with somebody else. I know how that feels. I was a product of that. So this may just be me being triggered. But in real life, how much of a great parent are you when you consistently put their mother in emotional distress to the point of while she's carrying you, you stress her out so much that she goes into premature labor? How much of a great parent is that? That's not good parenting for me. Do you get what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make sense. But I do understand why Chloe is saying the things that she's saying about wanting to keep her pregnancy private because... It's the reason why I never post my own kid and I'm nobody. You know what I'm saying? I'm not nobody. I'm not a famous person. I'm not even recognizable like that. I got a few subs on um, YouTube and a few listeners here on the the, uh, podcast. And I'm grateful for every last one of you. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, minimizing the support that I have. But nobody's checking for me and what my child is doing or where I'm going. I'll never be swarmed by paparazzi or you know whatever the case may be but I never post my kid on the internet I never post my my um child for real I've only posted my my daughter maybe once or twice on the internet do you get what I'm saying and it's because you know with me 
being a part of the entertainment industry or having my own foot in the entertainment industry with the things that I'm doing as far as this podcast and my YouTube channel and also being someone who speaks out about human rights and social awareness issues and all of the things that I speak about on the internet, it's easy for people who don't give a fuck about you or who just want to antagonize you to, to, to come after your family members, come after your kids, come after your family. And I don't want to subject my, my um child to that. I signed up for this. They don't. Do you know what I'm saying? We sign up for this. Our kids don't. So, I... So I I can't completely get it on top of her not wanting to go through the ridicule again of having a baby with Tristan Thompson. Like, look, can I just be happy about having a baby without the whole world criticizing me about who I'm having a baby with? Like, we get it. He's an asshole. I get that now. But I don't want that energy surrounding me and my baby being born. I just don't. And I completely get that. You know what I'm saying? I completely get that. Um, But Chris, with these damn T names, at the end of this scene was so funny to me. She, she, She just kept going. And it's totally me. That would be me. Like, if I found out that my daughter was pregnant and, you know, all of this stuff, I would be doing the exact same thing. I would be texting names every day. I would be texting new names on the hour, on the hour. Every hour on the hour, I'd be buying clothes. I'd be rubbing the belly. I'd be giving them massages. I'd be at all the doctor's appointments. I would be that mom. I would totally be that mom. So her coming in with with the names and all of that was funny as hell to me. But one thing that happened in the episode that did made me want to ask a very serious question. When did they stop censoring the word shit on TV? Because as I was watching this episode, I realized that they censored the word shit and didn't censor the word fuck. And it was very surprising to me. Like, I was like, wait a minute. When did they stop censoring the word shit on TV? Like, it seems like as time has gone on, less and less words have been censored on TV. Like, I remember back when they used to censor the word ass on TV. Right? They used to censor the word ass on TV. They used to censor the word shit, fuck, dick, pussy. But then... As time went on, you, you you started being able to hear ass on TV. You started be, being able to hear dick on TV. You started being able to hear pussy on TV. Now you can hear the word shit on TV? Like, what's going on with the censors and why don't I know that they're, like, crumbling? I was shocked. Now, mind you, what I wonder sometimes, you know, they were trying to say when they were holding the baby shower that she wasn't excited right and listen I thought that at first too when I first started watching this episode but by the time I got to 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 the baby shower I kind of figured it out and I think that the question they were asking was is she not excited about the new baby or is she just not wanting to celebrate and are those two things synonymous I don't think they are I think that you can be excited about the baby, but also be living in the reality of what your situation is at the same time. And because that baby is a part of said said situation, your excitement for the baby kind of gets drowned into the overarching narrative that the baby's being born into. You know what I'm saying? I just think that she doesn't want to celebrate or do anything or do all of that because... She's just not in the mood right now. She's just not in the place. And I feel like she's 
going through so much. I don't feel like she just wants to deal with like, I feel like the reality of the situation that the baby's being born into is triggering enough for her. So now a baby shower and parties and people all in her face about it, like all of that, I think it makes the reality of the situation that that the baby's being born into that much more pressing. And it's being conflated with her not being excited about the baby, which I think are two separate things, right? But these silver pants that Chloe wore to this baby shower, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of these silver pants at all. I don't know if they're good American or what, but they just, I'm not a fan whatsoever. I just don't like them. But Chris in this pink suit and sneakers is everything. Everything. Pink, Chris Jenner in this pink suit and these sneakers. I want to dress like Chris when I grow up. Suits and sneakers every day. I want to dress like Kris Jenner when I grow up. I want to wear these nice ass suits and I want to wear fly ass sneakers every fucking day of my life. I want to get to a point where I feel the need to wear a suit when I leave the house and I want to wear nice ass suits and sneakers every day. I live for it because she just always looks so, so sharp and it's almost casual because she wears like t-shirts or things with the suits or like little like normal things with a suit over it and it's just so cool to me I love the way Kris Jenner dresses but what I love more is the lion baby shower because it's a Leo baby I absolutely live for this I love that idea I love the theme I love the idea I love all of it I think it's brilliant I honestly love this more than a gender reveal personally, for all the obvious reasons. If you don't know what the obvious reasons are, it's because I'm a trans woman. I'm gender neutral. I am, I'm a person who's trans femme, who I, who also identifies as gender neutral. So I'm a trans woman that identifies as neutrois. So the whole theme or rules around gender and the whole idea of gender reveals and not knowing if your child is going to identify with the gender that they're born as just is not cute to me. It's not cool to me and I don't like it. Mind you, not to say that people who do it are being malicious, but I personally coming from a third gender experience and coming from, from, from a transgender experience, I just think differently but was that a Dior stroller was that a Christian Dior stroller that they just had propped up in the corner living living go off Dior stroller like I'm not a person that's that's materialistic or that is like a label whore or that has to have labels I'm not that girl at all But I appreciate fashion and I love the fashion industry. So I love the fact that like Christian Dior makes baby strollers. I love that. Absolutely love that. But what I don't absolutely love is Courtney's bob length in this confessional. Mm. Her bob in this confessional is such an awkward length for me. I need the bob to either be straight and not flipped under at the end so it doesn't look so much like a wig or I need the bob to be shorter and flipped under so it can frame the jawline, right? 
but that length it's just so weird and then it's flipped and bumped at the end so some of it is flipping out some of it is flipping in and it just looks like a cheap wig and i don't like it Now, you know what I do love? Kim's hair. You know when I was saying in the beginning of this episode how she's in her Pete Davidson blonde era and how she's got the dark roots and the things and I'm actually liking it this time around? I genuinely like her hair in this state, right? I think that the reason why I didn't like her hair before when it was blonde was because it was full blonde and there were no roots to it. And I think it was just the whole head was bleached root to tip blonde. And I just didn't like it. Or the wig was root to root to tip blonde. And I just didn't like it. But this time she has roots in it. And it's just, it just looks really good. I just, for some reason, it's a mood when she has roots in it. And that and I love her like her high fashion athleisure wearing the hyper blue royal electric blue outfit. I thought that was sickening. Um, I just, I don't know if it's technically because of Pete Davidson that she has blonde hair again or what, but this version of the blonde is good for her. And I like how it's not perfectly quaffed all the time. It's messy. It's thrown around. It's loose. It's whatever. But then I also love when she's in the confessional and she has it slicked back into this ponytail with the two little side bangs. I think that is so adorable and so cute. And I think that... She needs to keep this blonde hair for a while. Now, mind you, as soon as she breaks up with Pete Davidson, she's probably going to go back to the black hair, which is fine because I love black hair. But this blonde is cute for her. If she's going to do blonde again, I think it should be this type of blonde with the roots and, you know, the ice, the ice white platinum blonde with the dark roots. I like that for her for some reason. I think it's so cute. Now, we get into this baby shower and they start coming up with baby names again. And somebody says Tupac. I laughed so hard. Laughed so fucking hard. Because imagine if Chloe of all people names her baby Tupac. I just, I just, Listen, I think it would be hilarious. I wouldn't be upset about it, but I do think that the shit is funny as hell, to be perfectly honest. But I do genuinely love how everybody came up with these cool but off-the-wall names like Tide and Ten. And I love that. I love that. I really loved the camaraderie of the family coming up with all of these T names and just throwing them out. It probably sounds like I've never been in a family environment before because a lot of the shit that I'm talking about probably sounds really normal to my listeners and to you guys, the realtors, and to your families. This probably sounds very normal, but I have no experience with real family dynamics. Like, I don't know how an immediate family operates. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not exactly sure how any of this works, but I love seeing it because I don't know how those interactions work. I only know being the friend of. Do you know what I mean? That's that's probably part of the reason why I love Malika so much because I feel like that would be my 
place in a family like that is coming in and being the friend of the family who's close with everybody who who loves everybody down blah 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 but they're not actually blood i feel like that that's why i understand scott and that's why i love malika so much um now i just said i love kim blonde and i do but i don't like that blonde bob on kim i don't like it I think it might have been like a preview for what was coming or no, it was when they went to the hospital because the surrogate had to go into labor early. And Kim was doing all the home footage from, from, from her cell phone and she had that ugly ass Bob on. I don't like Bob's on Kim. That Bob just was not it on Kim. I don't think she has the face for it. I don't think she has the head for it. I just don't like a Bob on Kim Kardashian whatsoever now i did love these french braids on chloe though but it's so funny leave it to chloe with the jokes though like for her to just burst out crying during kim's speech it was so funny because kim literally did just burst out crying during the speech and she just stood up and was like yeah you know i want to make a toast and i think i'm gonna cry and I'm just so happy for you. And she was like, why are you crying? Like, what the hell is going on? This is what I mean by Chloe is always the one to crack a joke when somebody start crying. Because she did the same thing with Chris and now she's doing the same thing to Kim. Kim busts out during the damn speech. And she was like, I'm so happy for you. And Chloe was like, you look like it. <laughs> Meanwhile, she is faucet crying. It is so funny to me. Like, I'm literally laughing out loud. That shit was so funny. Like, literally dog laughing, hollering. That shit was so funny. Because she was like, I'm just so happy for you. You look like it. (laughs) That shit was funny as hell. Now, mind you, when they got to the delivery room and the surrogate had the baby and they brought the baby over to uh, Chloe and they did the skin to skin and they showed the baby's face, the baby looks exactly like True exactly like true and i love that it it was really beautiful and seeing that really makes me really wish i could have been closer to my own family because one of my sisters who i was really close to growing up she had a baby and i wasn't around i didn't know anything about it i didn't know she had a baby like it was just it's just really sad And mind you, I'm not necessarily saying that that's, you know, their fault or anything like that. It was just the relationship is strained. I'm not attached to my family anymore. I don't come around. I don't have a relationship with my family anymore. And that's by choice. But it is also sad because sometimes you have to cut off people you love. And sometimes you have to cut off the people who mean the most to you because they don't, they aren't, they aren't the best for you. And that just kind of is what it is. And that's where I was. And it just, it sucks. And seeing this really makes me wish I could have had a better relationship with my family. But even more so on top of that, as much as it makes me wish I would have had a closer relationship with my family, it really makes me want to be a mom. Do you know what I mean? Um, I really would love the opportunity to be a mother in real life. Now, mind you, people are probably hearing that and saying I'm crazy because you just heard me talk about why I don't post my daughter earlier. 
I'm already a parent, right? But I had my daughter pre-transition and my daughter still calls me dad, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with now. It took me a while to be okay with my daughter still calling me dad, even though I identify as a trans woman and I'm gender neutral and all of those type of things. I just, it was hard at first, but once I settled into my gender neutrality, I think it kind of became easier for me. Um, But there are so many things that I can't talk about when it comes to that and my daughter. And it's, it's very painful and it's just shit that I don't necessarily want to dive into on the pod because don't get me wrong. I'm willing to open up about a lot of things, but there are just certain things that I just don't talk about because I just, (sighs) the biggest thing that I want out of life right now is a peace of mind, right? And I just feel like the damage has already been done in that situation. There's nothing that I can really do. So I'm trying to piece together the rest of my life and have some sort of peace of mind with the cards that I've been dealt and just talking about it isn't going to help. And it doesn't, it doesn't make anything better when it comes to my situation with my daughter. But I say all of that to say that I would love to be a mom, if that makes sense. You know, I am a parent. I have you know, a daughter who's eight years old. I have chosen family. I have a son who I've been his gay mom for years and years and years and years. And, you know, he calls me mom and that's great. But like, we're basically the same age. Like I would love to raise a baby as a mother. Do you get what I mean? I would love the chance to actually be a mom and be an actual parent. Listen, I'm not going to go deep into this because I'll start crying on this podcast. And I just don't want that. I really don't want that. Um, Yeah. I'm just going to close out the episode. Listen, I'm excited for the season. I'm really excited for the season when they showed the coming up this season on the Kardashians. We get to see the court case with Black China play out, which if you guys listened to my first episode about the Kardashians when I was recapping last season and giving my expectations for this season, I did mention that this was one of the things that I wanted to see covered in the Kardashian season was I want to see them go into court. I want to see them talking about the case. I want to see something. Where's Rob? Like, I want to see Rob come on camera and, and atone for this. Like, I want to see something about this court case. I want to see something about all the shit that's not also pleasant as well that you can't just milk for a storyline like Kim's sex tape. Do you get what I mean? So I'm glad to see the court case playing out. I'm glad to see them going to court. I'm glad to see the emotions and the all the things from it. Now, what I do want to see is I want to see if we're going to get any real revelations about the court case and the details of it from, from it playing out over the course of the season. Like if they're just going to finally admit, even though we've read the emails, that the only reason Kylie did the show Life of Kylie was so that they could fill in that time slot for where they already had Rob and China. I want to see if we're going to get any real details and admittances now that the case is actually over. Do you get what I'm saying? From the confessionals. Do you you get me? I want to see how much of my my, um, podcast they listen to, child. I want to see if they're going to give me all the shit that I ask for when it comes to this show and see if they really just, you know, if they really paying attention. You know what I mean? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I kid. But... 
that being said, that was pretty much the first episode of season two of the Kardashians. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys feel about this episode, what I covered it. Um, I'm going to take a quick final break and then I'm going to come back and wrap up the episode. See you guys later. All right, everybody, this has been my coverage and my recap of The Kardashians on Hulu, season two, episode one. I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope that you guys caught all the funny moments that I caught. I hope that you guys um, feel where I'm coming from when it comes to my opinions, when it comes to this episode. Let me know how you're feeling about all the things that Chloe is going through and what an asshole Tristan is. Let me know how you think that this season is going to play out. Let let me know if you're excited. Um, yeah, just let me know what you think about the episode. Let me know what you think about all the things that I shared and that I stated on this episode. Let me know if you relate, if you agree, if you disagree, if you have any advice for me as somebody who um, is struggling, is struggling socially. Um, let me know if you have any advice for me as somebody who clearly after watching the Kardashians realizes that they don't know how an actual family works. Um, That became more clear in this episode than it has in a very long time. I thought that I was just somebody who was in a bunch of dysfunctional families and it realized, and I, and it kind of made me realize that I don't have a clear idea of how families work. Like I don't know what real families do. I don't know what, it's like to have an immediate family like I don't know what that's like that's so crazy I just give me some advice y'all let me know what y'all think I should do let me know what y'all think about that because you know I still struggle with that a lot and I think maybe me watching this show is going to help me face a lot of that and maybe just help me kind of open up to myself and not just not just dismiss all the shit about my family and about my past and about my life as triggers and maybe it'll help me really kind of face that and open up and really talk about it and talk myself through some of the things that I've been going through and that I carry and that I hold on to because some of the shit that I carry around with me I'm not actively going through but it's stuff that just it sticks with you. Do you get what I mean? But anyway, if you like the episode, leave me a five-star rating. Leave me a review. Let me know what your thoughts are. Answer the question that I attached to the to the episodes in Spotify. Comment on my community channel on my YouTube. Um, comment on my community tab on my YouTube channel. You know, give me feedback on Instagram. Make sure you follow the show on Instagram at Real Reality Realness and all of that. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys. Like the episode, like this podcast, subscribe, share, do all of the thing to the thing to thank the things. Make sure you guys are watching the super chat on YouTube. Subscribe, like the video, hit the notification bell, do all of the YouTube thing to the thing to thank the things and I appreciate you all for being here. And with that being said, 
This has been Real Reality Realness. I am Cherie Laveau, and make sure to always be real, stay in reality, and bring the realness. I'll holla at y'all later. Peace.